0: it's the muppet minute show with host nick and annie and special guest dustin it's time to talk about the muppets movies minute by minute today we're talking about the great muppet caper minute 11 minute 11 starts with three boxes falling out of the sky and ends with kermit learning about the happiness hotel so, uh, D- Dustin, thanks for uh, coming back with us for uh, Muppet Caper. We had you. Uh, yeah. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me back, guys. Yeah. Good to, good to have you. We had you for the uh, Muppet movie, I think, uh, for some of the Gonzo stuff, right? Mm-hmm.
1: The, yeah. the Gonzo song. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go back there someday.
2: And Gonzo's your favorite, correct?
1: Gonzo is my favorite Muppet. And I also wanted to come back for my favorite song from this movie, which we'll get to in a few minutes here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It, it's, it's so funny that like I, I've been when I whenever when, when I told people about this movie, this was the song uh, that that the people were talking about. So yeah, it's kind of the standout. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
1: But this this was like I mentioned the last time I was here. This was my Muppet movie that I had on VHS. So this was the one that I watched the most, even more than the Muppet movie.
0: Yeah,
2: I think so you did. I do remember you saying that. Yeah. yeah. So, the Muppets Take Manhattan was mine. <laughs> My childhood movie So we all had different ones
0: So we got to uh, We got this opening scene here um, Which is a beautifully framed shot Which we were talking about last week, Annie Like just the anticipation of of Kind of seeing this shot You kind of know what's going to happen uh, That that they're going to fall into this pond And this British guy is going to react and, and here in this minute we get that Um, so I, you know, I, I do, there's a lot going on here with the, with these boxes falling down into the, to the pond, which by itself is, you know, it's kind of impressive and cool to, to see.
2: Yeah. I was actually wondering, I mean, not how they dropped boxes into the pond because that much is obvious, but in terms of when the characters come out, like, did you, did you figure out if that's, if this is a tank situation or is it robot? Yeah. You
1: guys talked a lot about Kermit on the log in the pond in the Muppet movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's got to be similar to that, right? Yeah. They got to be underneath those boxes.
0: Similar. Yeah. You know, again, did not w- was not able to find too much on this nothing specifically on the filming of this scene uh but it is definitely like plussed a bit from the Kermit on the log it's like all right we have one muppet on the log in a pond in a studio now we're going to do three muppets in a real pond on location so right it, it's a you bit, can't
2: fake that like it's clearly no. the pond is the real pond
0: yeah so. <laughs> Yeah. So it's an uncontrolled location. And, uh, yeah, obviously there has to be some, something on, you know, the puppeteers underneath. It has to mm-hmm. be a similar situation to what we had last time. Uh, I don't know, you know, if they advanced the technology from a diving bell from a couple of years ago. I mean, I can't imagine they have three diving bells under there. I read some things that people think maybe it was, uh, even scuba divers, but I didn't read anything. Um, like they had scuba diving equipment on yeah know. you
2: know it's possible like as i'm watching this too i was kind of struck by how the the boxes seem to be firmly planted in place obviously like mm-hmm. they're not like drifting around so they're being held somehow down to the bottom of the pond yeah or they're weighted in some way but yeah it's it's hard to tell i mean and then obviously these close-up shots could be done yeah, pretty you easily the
1: close-up shots but yeah it's just the one long shot there that's yeah. pretty impressive
2: like Kermit looks a little stiff, but he's still moving around like there's an actual puppeteer down there. So I mean, I'm going to stick with the fact that there has to be a puppeteer, for, for sure.
0: Yeah. And you know, I don't. I, I I'd like to know how much they use the whole robotics thing, the remote controlled uh, Muppets. I, I, I right. They probably don't want to use them that much because to them it's probably. They only use it when they absolutely have to. At least that'd be my assumption. Um, yeah,
1: them opening their crates here is definitely better than most of the animatronic like uh, right? Muppets that you get into. They, they've got puppeteers down there. I agree.
2: Yeah, and you know what, Dustin? You, we were talking like the very opening credits of the movie when they're in the hot air balloon. Those mm-hmm. th- that was mostly robotic. Really? In the hot air balloon? Yeah, okay. yeah. Nick actually did all the research that they were being controlled by like puppeteers. While they were flying the balloon across the way, but it was all robot.
0: Like, yeah, the, Henson was in the helicopter. Yeah, hmm.
2: yeah. So I mean, it's impressive at this point what they can do with the uh, with the robotics. But um, but still, yeah, it Pretty just looks it looks fluid. You know, it this, does. This I don't this think scene it is. Me, yeah. This scene cracked me up because the one of the boxes looks like it's about to not the set. The third box looks like it's about to crush the second box. Right. <laughs> And this duck is cracking me up because the duck's kind of swimming out, and then it turns around kind of like, oh, okay, never mind. This isn't the right way to go.
1: (laughs) It's pretty funny. So this shot here is like our introduction to England. Yeah. This is the first thing we see of England, and it's kind of like, you know, not the most impressive park or the most impressive, you know, pond. It's kind of just some old-timey British buildings here. But to play up the fact that, that it's England, and I only noticed it this time on like my fourth time through the minute, they're playing cricket back in the background. Yep. Yeah. So how much more English can you get than the, <laughs> than out on the cricket field here? Pretty
2: much. Pretty much. I didn't notice it either. I'm glad that you pointed it out.
0: So this location, it, it's, a, it's a real location. It is, uh, obviously, it's the uh, Holy Trinity Church in ha- Haddenham, England. Hmm. Oh, about 50 it, miles. It sounds about right. Haddenham. <laughs> Haddenham.
2: <laughs> Haddenham.
0: About 50 miles outside of London. And, uh, yeah, so there's like a, there's a church off to one of the sides. So this is the kind of the yard of the church. Um, I do have to give credit to, uh, this one guy because I couldn't find too much on the shooting locations, but this, this guy at a website, I I guess, etphoto.smugmug.com is where he had all these photos. And he went around and he toured, well, we'll actually be referencing this guy a lot because mm. he did a lot of work on the, the, uh, locations of the, uh, the Great Muppet Caper. And, uh, in back in, it looks like 2006, he went around to all the different, uh, locations, talked to people from, uh, the Henson Workshop and stuff to try to get the exact locations and then go take pictures there. Wow, well, so, thanks to that guy. Yeah, so that was the only place this cuz of this guy, I found a lot of uh filming locations for The Great Muppet Caper and this this was one of them. Uh it looks like the uh if you go there today, uh it looks very much like it did back in the, you know, back in the time they kind of uh shored up the pond a little bit with some uh uh some woodwork like kind of to hold up the shore uh, and there's different benches and they kind of paved a little bit of it but I mean you could get the exact same shot you could sit on the on the bench that's pretty much in the exact same spot if you wanted to recreate this and uh, all the buildings are still there.
1: I was wondering why they didn't use some kind of more recognizable big London park, uh, you know, yeah. instead of this sort of small pond and sort of a, a less impressive place. But you know, maybe they needed some place where they could put whatever apparatuses into the water. Now right. that we're having this conversation of how did they do it, you know, some place where they could actually, you know. Well, what we don't know what they did, but, you know, if they have to put the the, the diving bells, as you call them, underwater. Then yeah. They're not going to do that, <laughs> like,
2: next to the Tower Bridge or something.
1: Probably not. I was
2: going to suggest maybe it's so that they don't recognize their surroundings, but I, as we learn pretty quickly, they're not going to do that anyway. They don't, they don't know. <laughs> so,
1: <laughs> These three, <laughs>
0: Gonzo and Fozzie especially, know nothing about England.
2: Nothing. Nothing.
0: I, I, You know, I like it. I like the fact that they don't go right into the the iconic London, because we have plenty of time for that. We're going to see some of, the, of iconic London. But to fall in the countryside of London is, I don't know, it's just like kind of cool that they fall in a pond in the countryside of London. I I, I like that aspect of things. Um, yeah. And, and yeah, it doesn't need to, to throw London in your face right away. Uh, right. and, and then, you know, you get the, you get a little bit more of a, a feel that they're kind of a little bit out of place. They got to find their way to you London. You still have to get there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I like yeah. it. Uh, so, did you figure
2: out who this guy is?
0: Oh, of course I did. Of course I did. Yeah. This is one of the uh, this is one of the big cameos in in the uh, in the film. Uh, again, it's
1: one of the big cameos. Yeah, but I was watching it the whole movie the other day and remembering the scene, but you know I didn't know who this guy was oh, yeah. at all.
0: Us as Americans aren't gonna have any idea who most <laughs> yeah. of these of uh, these cameos are. Like again, that's why I don't. That's that's why this movie never connected really with me because the cameos are all like okay, that's some British guy, but he is very famous. <laughs> Uh, as far as a British actor, he's a big character actor. Uh, his name's Robert Morley, and he is uh, he's known for playing the portly, uh, like comical pompous, pompous and jovial roles um, in a lot of British films and on stage.
1: Uh so short, yeah,
0: go ahead. Yeah, oh, he just his, his career spanned over a half century. Like in England, you would know this guy. Like you he would be that guy. Oh, that I've seen that guy in like a whole bunch of different movies. Yeah, minutes
1: before coming over here, I looked up and found something that, well, you guys surely know about, but could be dangerous if you don't. The uh the Muppet Fandom Wiki. Oh, so, yeah. So I I just typed in, you know. <laughs> What did I type in? I just typed in, who is this guy? <laughs> 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 like what I typed into Google. And it took me, you know, who is the British guy that tells them about the Happiness Hotel mm-hmm. in The Great Muppet Caper? And it took me to the Muppet Wiki, the Muppet Fandom Wiki. And, it, yeah, you mentioned Robert Morley. Yeah, he's been in everything over in England because, you know, all the British actors are always in everything made in England. Yeah, And uh, most famously, he – well, at least for us, he was in – Uh, He played Catherine Hepburn's brother in The African Queen, if you remember that movie. I haven't
2: seen that, actually. Sounds Uh, like something I probably should have seen.
1: Yeah, it's kind of The African Queen's kind of like the movie version of. Um, the the riverboat cruise at Disney. Oh, same, same <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, and then uh, the the it was a very short entry on Robert Morley on the Muppet Wiki, which I printed up here because <laughs> because, <laughs> because um research. What's his name? Leonard Malton, You guys know who yes. that is. Oh yeah. In his film encyclopedia, his movie encyclopedia, he describes Robert Morley like this: He's recognizable by his ungainly bulk, his bushy eyebrows, thick lips, and double chin. And he's particularly effective when cast as a pompous windbag. <laughs> so, uh, well, that's that's why they cast him here he's doing a little bit of that here. Yeah,
2: that actually does seem like the perfect type of person that we are first introduced to in this world mm-hmm. from the perspective of the Muppets. So
0: it is. He's it's- a very English guy. He's like a, t- he's a stereotypical, like jovial English dude. And it's, it is fun that he's the first guy we meet. Um, and it
1: seems like a lot of the British people that we meet throughout this movie are very, they're always extremely polite and helpful when they should be very confused and uh, put off by what the Muppets <laughs> are doing around
0: them.
2: Yeah. Although there is something really funny he does. I think it's probably in the next minute. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah, we'll get to it a little bit later.
0: One of the things that he was known for later on in his career in the late 70s, early 80s, he was the spokesman for British Airways on American television commercials. Uh, so he was in a bunch of commercials. I, I I started going down this rabbit hole of watching all his commercials. They're pretty funny, um, but it, it they they say that this role. Kind of a little ways references that because he is because in those roles, he's like touting England and where you could he knows everything about England, where oh, you could go, like where you could tour stay. Kind tour guide. Tour guide. Yeah. That's so funny. So this role kind of references that because he's telling he know he pulls out his little book and he can tell them up it's where they could stay.
2: Okay, that makes sense because I was like, why does he have that book in his pants? That's rather exactly. convenient.
1: It's very funny that he's got this teeny tiny little travel guide to London, <laughs> a, a travel guide which includes the Happiness right. Hotel in it. Yeah. It, I, includes, <laughs> it includes a section called Places Where You Can Park Your Carcasses. Yes, exactly.
2: <laughs> that sounds about right, though.
1: And the places you can park your carcasses are bus terminals, riverbanks, and the Happiness Hotel. Right. So basically places you would find homeless people. <laughs> And this hotel.
2: And the Muppets.
1: Well,
0: <laughs> and maybe they remember that in Muppets Take Manhattan when they uh, stay in the uh, lockers.
2: Right. I was actually thinking about that when yeah. they stay. It's like it is a I think it might literally be a bus terminal. Yeah, right? I think
0: so. I funny. think it is.
2: In. Yeah. That's funny. So that is a nice little callback.
1: Well, I think this move, this minute in particular has some really great dialogue. Mm-hmm. Right. They land and he says, oh, they said it was going to be raining cats and dogs today. Yeah. And then uh, Kermit says, uh, we're actually, we're bears and frogs. And then Gonzo says, and gonzos. <laughs> and then it was, you know, revealed really well in the previous minute, but I like, I like that his box says whatever. Yeah. I think that's a great description for Gonzo, his, his categorization as whatever.
2: Yeah. We were talking about that, um, last week when we were mentioning how this was actually the first time they referred to
0: Gonzo as a whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what do, you, what do you think about that? Because I know there's, there's always a lot of talk about what, what he is and everything. Do you go with the whatever label?
1: I like the whatever. The whatever and the weirdo label, which I, we talked about that yeah. I think the last time I was here when we talked about Gonzo a bunch. But yeah, I like the whatever label before they um, uh, you know, defined him as an alien later on. Yeah, and you I went label. forward with the alien stuff? Uh, I can deal with you know, I can forget that movie.
2: Yeah, I forget it kind of forget it too, but <laughs> I actually I really do actually kind of forget it. I don't remember.
1: That movie <laughs> I know. Right now, but
2: but I, I think that we were kind of discussing too about how every single feature that they do kind of creates its own Self-contained canon, and then when mm-hmm. they move on to the next one, like how the, how in the Muppet movie they're playing themselves, yes, like in a movie within a movie. Mm-hmm. Whereas like here they're 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 doing a movie, which and they're kind of playing themselves, but they're also not themselves; they're I, different characters.
1: I made some notes about that, so yeah, in some ways, each Muppet movie, just like you said, is its own universe, mm-hmm. right? They don't know each other. They all meet each other again yeah. for the most part. Some of them know each other at right. the beginning of this movie. It, it, but Gonza, I'm sorry, Kermit and Fozzie are brothers. Right. They're identical twins <laughs> right. for some reason, yeah. which is not the case in any other Muppet anything. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, each movie is its own thing. And yet each movie breaks the fourth wall and lets you know that they're making a movie. Right. In those moments, they're like the most themselves. Kermit yeah. is just Kermit the actor Mm -hmm, slash mm -hmm. puppet or whatever uh and and same thing with the other ones so maybe you can say well they are all in this shared universe and these are just the different movies that they've made but i think i think it doesn't matter i think you're not supposed to pull it apart that much i think that's just the absurdist humor of it when they break the fourth wall there
0: i mean even in the one that's supposed to be autobiographical they say a kind of sort of approximation of what happened right so they, they let <laughs> right. you know. Then don't take it too seriously. The Muppet <laughs> canon is very fluid. Yes. Yes. <laughs> uh, so a couple of the things that uh, uh, Robert Morley says here, he calls England the sceptered isle. And yeah. The,
2: the scepted isle. isle. Yeah. I don't septered. have captions, so I had septered no clue. Isle.
0: Isle. You're right. I, I'm adding a C. There, the, the, there's a silent C there. Yeah. So sceptered isle and the jewel of the North Atlantic. Mm-hmm. Do you guys nice. know what the sceptered isle reference is? What does it mean? Oh, it is a it is a Shakespeare reference. Oh. Uh, in uh in the Shakespeare in the Shakespeare uh, play King Richard the Second. Um, this uh, there's a line: this royal throne of kings, this sceptered isle, this earth of majesty, this seat of Mars, this blessed plot, this earth, this realm, this England. Wow. Yeah.
2: I feel like I've heard that. I mean, it's Shakespeare, so I'm sure I have. But I feel like I've heard that in a different movie even or a different television show.
0: I don't know. But there there is a Sceptered Isle radio series by the BBC. It's about the history of England. Hmm.
2: I've definitely heard this blessed plot somewhere. uh, Yeah.
0: That sounds familiar. So it's (laughs) a a thing.
2: All right. All right.
0: Yeah. sense. Joel of the North Atlantic, not so much. I couldn't find any real reference about that.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but the scepter dial is is England
1: well I just like he first welcomes them to Great Britain and then Fozzie says oh we'll never make it to England now (laughs) so from moment one Fozzie knows nothing about where they're going from the
2: jump they're clueless
1: hey one more thing about Robert Morley so you know he's sort of most famous to us maybe from the African Queen I noticed on his IMDB what he's known for number two was something called Too Many Chefs I don't know what that is. Some mm. kind of murder mystery, but too many chefs. Surely, that, surely that surely internet that phenomenon, not that. too many cooks, no. is a reference to too many chefs <laughs> in some way.
2: It has to be, right? And that I th- would think so. That haunted me for like a week. By the way, if you have not seen that on the internet, just don't. <laughs> it's it's. It's haunting. You
1: were freaked out by Too
0: Many Cooks?
2: I did not like Too Many Cooks. I, it burrowed... It, it, I, not to get off on a tangent, but did you see that, Nick?
0: No, I'm scared now. It, uh,
2: okay, I'm going to have to send it to you because I, I, I would like to torture Nick with it. But anyone out there uh, listening, don't just just don't. It's it, a
0: very weird, dark,
1: long... Uh, it's bizarre. ...bit of internet comedy. <laughs>
2: it's bizarre. But yeah, as soon as you said Too Many Chefs, I was like, wait, <laughs> Robert Morley was not in that. I can promise you that.
1: <laughs>
0: All right. Well, anything else about Minute 11, you guys? Well, I just want to
1: bring up, now that they've arrived in England here, something about the whole concept of this movie. Oh, boy. Right? They, they, they're <laughs> <laughs> they reporters. They're reporters yes. going to England. Mm-hmm. But they say they're going to England not to report on the story, not to discover who committed this crime, they're going to England to catch the jewel thief. Right. That's what they promise Mr. Tarkanian right. when they go, we'll go to England. We'll catch these jewel thieves.
2: That, I mean, that would make a better story. That's, not
1: what, jewel, that's not what reporters do. <laughs> no, it's not. But that's, I guess, part of what they're here to do.
2: Dustin, have you ever seen a movie? <laughs> of course that's what reporters <laughs> okay. do. Okay. <laughs> but yes, yes, we, uh, we we pointed that out last week. In, in, in and, Tarkanian. With no, and no promise at all of getting their jobs back. No,
0: there. no, Tarkanian <laughs> doesn't care. Do it like it's the <laughs> he, he he could care less like okay uh-huh. whatever he's not even paying for the trip he's not it you may, know
2: they may as well have it just be a fart in the wind but like to <laughs> him he does not care at all that they're going to England we're um, just gonna um, go do this that's yeah. so good.
1: <laughs> Yeah, because they missed the story, not because anything's <laughs> their fault. Right. They, they didn't cause her jewels no. to be stolen, no. although maybe in that opening sequence they had something to do with it. No. But, uh, <laughs> they, <laughs> they don't they don't have any responsibility to go do this right. thing at all.
2: No, nothing at all.
0: <laughs> but here they are. <laughs> yes. Well, they don't have jobs anymore. So that's, that's tying them down.
2: They have a lot of vacation time.
0: And if they catch this jewel thief that, you know, maybe they'll get a little reward. Who knows? There's no promise. Gonzo could take some good photos. Make (laughs) some money off those. All right. So uh, we'll, uh, I guess, find out uh, what happens to our group tomorrow. Will they make it to the Happiness Hotel? I don't know. Will they make it out of the pond? Who knows? (laughs) So we'll find that out tomorrow. Uh, So uh, in the meantime, visit uh, MuppetsMinute.com. Check us out Muppets Minute on uh, Facebook and Twitter, of course, as well. And uh, we'll have lots of great information there. And we'll be back uh, tomorrow for Minute 12 of Muppets Minute. Bye.
1: All right, bye.